This is Fandom Buzz. Today's episode is anime wrap-ups, Byaku Senki, and Keeper of the Lost Cities Revisited. Hope you guys enjoy! Hey, hey everybody. everybody! Welcome to episode 19 of Fandom Buzz. Yes, we are in this. That's right. Well, we made it to our, you know, uh, the, we made it to the full swing of our the second half of season one. This is post midseason hiatus. Uh, very, very timely. Very, very cool that we're finally back. So, welcome, welcome. Thank you again for listening. Thank you for everybody that's been happy to see us back. Yes, thank you so much. <laughs> not just on Twitter, not just on not Twitter, but not just on YouTube, uh, but but I, I guess here as well, because we do know that there's a sizable amount of, of you who have come from Alexa Loves Books. Yes, and we're and, so grateful that And we're grateful back. that you sort of managed to find your way here, and then we're just sort of like anything from you actually listen to us to it's great white noise. Um, and that works too. That's a lot of rambling here, and at least let it be fandom-related white yes, noise. Yes, why not? If ever. Happy to be of any kind of service uh, to you. Fighting the good fight. Fighting the <laughs> good fight. Because it's true. I mean, it's, it's hard to keep motivated. It's hard to keep positive um, in, in particularly dark times like the times that we have today. Yes, absolutely. So um, anything that helps should help. All right. On that note, uh, it is time to proceed. We've got our trim down format. Uh, doesn't make yes, it any. If you listened to the last episode, you kind of know. You kind of know that we're sort of we're down to just the four big segments now. Uh, just the one game, which is the only game we really want to play anyway, um, and uh, sort of consolidating everything here. So let's uh, just uh, kick things off with some bookish buzz. Bookish buzz. Bookish buzz. Bookish buzz. All right, bookish buzz is where we talk about what is buzzing around the book uh, world, what is currently worth buzzing about in our sort of internal, sort of like you, you know, close universe here, and uh, yeah. So uh, what's uh, what's cracking? What's new? What's cracking? I know, right? That's like, like who even says that anymore? Like, you who, do. Apparently, I, I my I have been told that my vernacular is a mix of eras where I can say yeet and swell in one sentence and not even blink. So, um, that, and that, I'm, I'm 100% sure that's happened. Yes. It's pretty swell how he yeeted that thing. See, see how that... <laughs> anyway, moving on to the topic yet again, I'm going to talk about, well, let's first talk about two books that are coming up for the spooky season. Since oh, that's we're right. Into that. Spook about... The first one is not really that spooky. Well... It depends on who you're talking to, really. The well, book is The Invisible Life of Addie LaRue, and it's basically ooh, about yes. a girl named Addie who in the 1714s, 1914s, I can't remember exactly what the year is, she makes a deal with the devil, and the result of that deal is that she is basically immortal, except that everyone she meets forgets her as soon as she's out of their sight. Until the year that she meets a boy who actually sees her and remembers her the next day. And I'm things kind of go down from there. So obviously the spooky aspect of it is this whole, you know, deal with the devil, the devil that she's working with, who she encounters quite a few times. It's a really good book. I would highly recommend. Also would recommend A Deadly Education by Naomi Novik, because that's basically like if you are in a school and the only class that you are taking was to defend against terribly evil creatures, terribly sure. evil magic yeah, I'll, creatures, I'll, I'll, I'll and the entire school class. year is basically a test of your survival. So you literally have to not only study things and like learn things. You also gotta survive. So do we have do we have a copy of this? We we are gonna be getting one for sure. But I did yeah. get to read like an early bound manuscript of it, which is really exciting. And the third book that I want to recommend that's sort of in this category is Kingdom of the Wicked by Carrie Maniscalco. It's another story that involves sort of demon presence. Sure. Except that yeah. in this one they're called the Wicked, and there are princes, seven of them. And the main character, Amelia, is determined to get revenge for her twin sister, Victoria, who was murdered by one of these said princes. And uh, things kind of ensue from there. Very nice autumnal vibes, very witchy and dark. Very fun as well. I like that very much, and I'm very intrigued. <laughs> and then we also learned recently about a couple of new books that are coming out in 2021 and 2022. So in 2022, there is going to be a story called Three Kisses, One Midnight, it's a Halloween like short story sort of collaboration between authors Roshni Chokshi, Sandhya Menon, and Evelyn Skye. Nice. And it's basically like a small town story where it's three interconnected stories about three witchy best friends and their romantic quest involving love potions. What? Which <laughs> I am I'm here for it. 
All right, sure, why not? Because witches and love potions. <laughs> we also got the announcement that Isabel Ibanez, who wrote Woven in Moonlight, has a new book coming out. It's called Together We Burn. It is a standalone medieval Spanish-inspired YA fantasy starring a flamenco dancer and a disgraced dragon hunter. And I am... I am... Here. That is... I did not expect those those words to end up in the same sentence. Right, right. But that's YA for you. Right? It just... You bring things together. That is amazing. Then we have The Mirror Season by Anna Marie McLemore, which I'm very excited about. So Anna Marie writes beautiful books that sort of tackle very difficult things but sets them against a backdrop that's the real world meets a little uh-huh. bit of magic uh-huh. this one is about two teens who discover they were both sexually assaulted at the same party and they become friends because the girl her family runs a possibly magical pastelaria oh. and he has a secret forest of otherworldly trees so you know that is a that, that... whimsical take on a heavy heavy yes, topic yes, that is exactly and that's what she, that's what that they're really known for of... so highly recommend all their other books Crazy. as well then we also have blade of secrets by trisha levenseller which is about a teenage blacksmith who has social anxiety basically accepts a commission to create this magical powerful sword and now she has to go on the run to protect the world from this powerful magical sword being used to conquer it that is nuts. And last but not least is Jade Firegold, which is by June CL10. This is a dual perspective story. It's a YA fantasy that's inspired by East Asian mythology and folktales. And it's being compared to classic fantasy a la Tamara Pierce. But it meets the magical world building that exists in Avatar The Last Airbender. Okay. And this story is basically that this peasant girl has to save her grandmother from a cult of dangerous priests. And she's she the peasant girl is cursed with the power to steal souls and she ends up allying with an exiled prince bent on taking back the dragon throne i mean it sounds so good i'm so excited for that book as well so there's a bunch of fantasy magical dark things for you all to look forward to that is great that is so so what what's your bookish buzz anything good my current bookish buzz uh has to do with my unfortunate but uh, necessary late, latest craze, Magic the Gathering. Magic the Gathering, for those of you who are familiar with this lovely game that came out in 1995-ish, I want to mm-hmm. say, is a uh, playing card, you know, it's, 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 a, it's a card game. It's a lot like Pokemon. Um, it's like the Pokemon card games where you've got a bunch of cards sure. and you fight each other and whatever. Yeah. And, uh, and I'm, I'm back into the habit um, and could possibly be going to rehab. But um, <laughs> could possibly like the way this is heading, it's just like. Mm. But um, but on that note, on that note, one of the things that I absolutely love about Magic the Gathering is is uh, just the sprawling set of universes that, that just evoke so much wonder. I want to say, and um, to be honest, I'm, I'm really more drawn into it more because of the stories and the themes rather than the actual card playing. Though the card playing obviously gives you sort of like a huge meta chance to like I am a planeswalker, which. It means I have the ability to travel between worlds and summon creatures and tap lands for mana and cast mighty spells against my other planeswalkers who at the start you're like why are we fighting each other again mm. oh but they're evil ones yeah but we're like is you're you evil am I evil so there was a lot of ambiguity sure. until they decided to create sort of like a really sort of uh, huge sprawling good versus evil campaign of planeswalkers now that's because you know the old magic the gathering stories involved non-planeswalkers i mean every so often these super powerful dudes would just show up and there was this huge apocalypse the first one yeah there have been several um and they sort of just sat on the outskirts and you sort of just like watched and just participated from afar in your own kind of way lately what magic the gathering has done is they created this story around a group of planeswalkers who are again as i mentioned powerful beings called the gate watch where they swear to protect you know the all of the planes of existence from terrible evil god dragons named nickel ballas who is (laughs) uh you know like that's the only reason he's kind of insane and is basically a crazy despotic um murder baby and he wants to just rule the world all of them every single one of them and then so yeah that's that's the the setting and they just recently set uh in one of the big battles mm. uh and the conclusion to this sort of like the larger okay planeswalkers versus the one evil god dragon arc in my favorite magic the gathering sort of uh world of the many that they have called ravnica mm. and this is my chance to sort of share a couple of you know exciting things is that obviously all of the ravnica books thank goodness are on kindle right now 
starting with uh, the first six books, which are equivalent to the six Magic the Gathering expansions uh, by name. So, you know, the first cycle is Ravnica, Guild Pack, and Dissension. And then you've got Return to Ravnica, Gate Crash, and Dragon's Maze. Those are the exact same names of the expansions. Those are the exact same names of the books. Uh, the first cycle is written by Corey Herndon. The second cycle is written by Doug Bear. And you know what? They do a great job capturing everything. And what I love about Magic and the themes about it is, you know, in, in, a, in a set of multiverse, in, in a multiverse, um, you know, where you've got green mana that comes from forests and blue mana that comes from islands and water, and you've got red mana that comes from mountains and lava, white mana that comes from plains, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Did I miss anything? Black mana that comes from swamps, right? Mm -hmm. Um, you have a world that decided to say, you know what, we love color combinations. Let's just create color a world where color combinations are part and literally woven into the very fabric and fiber of the magic in this place. Yeah. Uh, and let's assign a guild per color combo. So I'm not great at math, but the permutations is that this is 10 guilds. <laughs> combinations of five. And uh, in each one, and I don't have the time to get into that right now, and maybe I will eventually, but I will say this, um, just that Ravnica has been such a huge mainstay in the Magic the Gathering sort of like latter half after the big giant apocalypse and they're like, oh, let's try something new, because it's just really just compelling, um, you know, the color combinations, you know, you've got... Uh, the aspects of white and and green, for example, with the martial military aspect of it and the loving nature aspect of it, and you've got uh, kind of like the hippy dippy tree lovers called the <laughs> Selesnya Conclave, or you've got the martial aspect of of, of the of white and the uh, and the the passion and flair of red, and you've got the crazy Boros Legion, mm. which is their their the cops and the soldiers of the era, and so it combined, combined, combined. Um, right now, the big finale uh, of War of the Spark, um, which is exactly what that is. Mm -hmm. All the good planeswalkers trapped on Ravnica versus the giant evil dragon god uh, is out. It, it, it's out. Uh, I've, I've, I have it on my Kindle. It's great. And um, and yeah, uh, uh, one exciting thing, though, that they did uh, sort of like to bookend um, this entire saga, right, mm -hmm. was uh, they released a visual uh, guide or a visual history by, uh, written by J uh, Jenna Helen of uh, Magic the Gathering, Rise of the Gatewatch. Yeah. And Alexa, I have forced her to like, look at this, because it's yeah, kind of like a picture book, right? Me. Well, I kind of, well, yeah, but but that was but just me sitting you down, like, just like, look at this, this is awesome. And it talks about all of the planeswalkers that are on the good side, mm -hmm. and all the planeswalkers are on the bad side, and sort of wraps up the story in a nice little kind of grown-up picture book. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of what it <laughs> that is. That is kind of like. what it totally is. And now I hear that coming on October 27, uh, uh, Magic the Gathering Legends of Visual History, written by Jay Anelli, is, is coming out. And it summarizes the history thus far retroactively prior to the Gatewatch. Mm -hmm. So you've got War of the Spark as the culmination of all of the big stories. And then you've got the Legacy uh, book, which is coming out soon that sort of traverses the entirety of the Magic the Gathering sort of history. And okay. the reason why it excites me, the reason why it excites me is the cover has some familiar faces to most, like, for example, Niv-Mizzet, uh, the Firemind, Guildmaster of the Izzet uh, Guild, uh, is, is on there to mm -hmm. show that you've got Ravnica, and that's fine. I mean, we love Niv-Mizzet. We named our beta fish Niv-Mizzet. Yes, we have a beta we fish. We have a beta fish. Side note. Side note. Um, and, uh, and but I see some characters Seasai, Captain of the Weatherlight and, and Gerard Capuchin uh, of, of Benelish of Benelish uh, um, descent and, and, and the fact that we are hearkening back to that era prior to the first apocalypse mm -hmm. so we have no new apocalypse just yet Let the old apocalypse triggered the new stuff that happened with the gate rod and everything uh, the fact that, that the visual history is going to take us that far I just hope that they cover more ground because mm -hmm. the crew of the Weatherlight was something that you barely see anymore um, that happens. You've got a couple of stragglers from that era that unless you really sort of dig in and, and really like you wouldn't even know that they were involved in the first era of magic with Urza True. and Mishra, the great brothers war uh, sort of like saga. So um, so that was that was its own convoluted thing that they tied up. And, uh, and I'm so glad that they're going to put a picture book out there. So I'm very, very pleased. It is I love exact... that you call it a picture book. It's totally a picture book. It's a visual history. That's just grown-up words for picture book. And you know what? No shame. No shade and no shame. I love it so much. It's, it like I don't need to read all of those many pages and just go, look, pretty pictures, which are consequently True. so easy for them because it's just the art on the cards. 
Like, I didn't have to make new stuff up. They just had to take, yo, let's let's get the old card, like, art, and let's make it happen. So that's that. That's what's sort of buzzing for me specifically. I'm very excited for... As you um, should be. As for, 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 that, for that visual history and for and to read War of the Spark, actually, just so we can see how the great big battle, uh, though I know what happens, uh, pans out in, uh, in slower mo, I think. Cool. All right, so on that note, uh, we'd like to go on to our next segment. Uh, we do love to stream uh, things. things. And only just because that's just like how... things. Only just that's because apart from the printed page, that's just really how you access anything these days anymore. I mean... True. You know, we've had to turn down so many, like, would you like to have cable installed? I'm like, not really right now because of the 20 bajillion streaming services that we subscribe to. So on that note, uh, this is Full Stream Ahead. Full Stream Ahead. All right, Full Stream Ahead is where we talk about what are the things we have been streaming, audio, video, audio, book, anime, anything and everything that sort of, so like, matters. Things. things that, because our fandoms are not a static thing, uh... And, uh, if they were, would we have this much would stuff? Would we have this much stuff? No, we, we totally wouldn't. And life would be simpler, and we would be functioning like uh, real, a different... different real adults. <laughs> quote, unquote, real adults, which is a totally different topic for a totally different podcast, I think, I yep. want to say. On that note, uh, fresh from, last, uh, from the last episode where we did talk about our foray uh i want to say our, i say our like i planned it but no it's really um uh, alexa like you really joined me for most like of it, i totally right? joined you for most of it which i so did not but i by default have sort of uh, moseyed on over to sailor moon land thanks to moseyed Ale- on over. thanks to alexa there we and go with that vernacular of yours again mosey who says mosey anymore apparently you do. i do i just love see here's the thing i love the english language but i love the slang in particular yes that um that has uh, accumulated over the years <laughs> but anyway we're getting off track so now let's return to our discussion of sailor moon continuing off of the last episode the only thing we have naya talked about is sailor moon sailor stars which okay first of all let's get the get let's get the uh, overall season feelings out of the way it was a strong season i really liked the plot of it even though it's still the same sort of formulaic thing I like the introduction of all these other sailors. I like the starlights. I thought the plot was fun. The characters are great. But now we're gonna like rewind back to the first six episodes. I wanna say it's six episodes of that season. The plot arc in six episodes was amazing. My all-time favorite. I will never get over it. And let's let's, let's break it down why, right? So w- interestingly enough, the first six episodes of the Sailor Stars season uh, have have two things that that they give you. Number one, they give you a new opening set set of opening credits, yes. which is always lovely. Of course. Number two, they actually intro- uh, don't introduce anyone new yet. Nope, it is still all of the Sailor Scouts. But the bonus is, it's not just the Inner Scouts; it's everyone. It's absolutely everybody. And the plot involves all of them. It is actually sort of a jump off of the trash fire that was the last season. We're not going to talk about that which anymore because we we've talked about that before. Yeah, before. But but the fact that they were able to sort of pick that, you know, like hunk of burning whatever that was. Junk. And, 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 Oops, and did I say that out ha, loud? Uh, well, I was thinking it. And then, and then, but, but to sort of take it into a direction where it was like, oh, hey, look, we could have done this all so season, last season. Good, and it's so sad. But no, they relegated it to just the first six episodes and it ended pretty neatly, pretty it, Oh, cleanly. it was perfect. That uh, arc was actually perfect just because it was six episodes, uh, I think. And, and that it was unfortunately just to set up like the entire like we could have sat on that for another season and saved the starlights for like their own yes although i will say the starlight season was fun to watch i didn't always love the plot points and and i didn't always love everything about it but it was very entertaining definitely better than the first part of r definitely better than super s so you know all in all, it ended on a high note. It ended on a pretty good note. So. Um, the uh, only dis- only um, markdowns were obviously no outer sailors until the very very last. Yes, part. after the six episodes. So it's so they kind of bookend the entire last season of we're here at the start and we're super critical and then suddenly we disappear to make room for these three starlights that mm-hmm. come from beyond our solar system. Yep. yep. And then discover that there are sailors all over the gal- the universe, basically. Yeah. And, um, which is almost sort of like a very Japanese thing. I don't know if, um, uh, like, like the, the whole Shider arc, uh, story, Masquerade, like all of those, like the, um, the, the Kamen Rider series, very interplanetary, 
there's a representative in every quadrant. Very Green Lantern, I want to say. Only this time, it's instead of lanterns, it's sailors. Sure. So, so there's that. And uh, what was the thing? And here's what I've always been meaning to ask you: Why, why was it enjoyable? What specifically about like the Sailor Stars arc, Sans the first six episodes, made you go, "All right, this is this is okay. I can I can do this for another." 20 episodes oh i just like the whole concept of there being sailors outside of the uh-huh. you know inner and outer scouts that we already knew and loved i thought that their their particular plot which is they're just searching for their well, queen basically yeah their person basically that's always something that tugs at the heartstrings anyway so i really like yeah, that and yeah. it's also nice that usagi makes new friends as usual because usagi yeah, is usagi. That, yeah that's what she does she's so that was really fun Plus, there was less tuxedo mask this season, which I think benefited everyone. That was great. That was great. And then to discover that he was actually dead the whole time was, I'm just like, yeah, that makes sense. It's not that he doesn't want to return your call, sweetie. He's just not alive in the general sense of the word. Um, so, so there was that. <laughs> so there was that. A, a, a one, like a clear, like no, no Mamoru at all. Yeah, actually, that's probably why that season turned out better. <laughs> It's just like, oh, look, when somebody comes into battle, they're immediately useful. Chibiusa wasn't in this either, I think. Barely, yeah. And and, and the one time that, you know, like the one replacement, I want to say. So it's almost kind of like... Yeah, re- that was actually the only weird thing about that season. The new replacement, the tiny sailor star that shows up. Although you kind of guess right away. That that she has to do with, like, the, the, the main plot of yes, things. Yes, of course. Chibi Chibi was... The like, ending was so dramatic, though. I loved it. Oh, yeah. That my was goodness. so fun. That was, that was some epic. Well, again, Sailor Moon follows the formula of... This is a shoujo anime, so we focus on the relationships. Yes, and but then... also, like, the way it ends is, like, even how I see some shonen anime end- endings, like, it's always between the main character and the main villain, and the main character will realize something about that person, and uh, that's the thing that they will use to make their final play. And that's it. And and, and that's sort of what happens here, and it was dramatic, my God. Yeah, it was just, great, though. I really you know, enjoyed that. It's just, we just have to wait for everybody to die before anything. Which is, again, traditional Sailor Moon. Yeah, everyone dies first. Season finale can... formula is always everyone dies, Holy Silver Crystal activates, and then everybody lives, mm-hmm. and it's a better world. Yep, period. And that's fine. Because, again, the star of this is the relationships and the characters and how they interact. It's not so much the lore, per se, but uh, but even then... I like that there are several sailor like sailors out there, and that was pretty cool. Yeah, that was great. Alrighty, um, moving on. Uh, we did get our hands on. Uh, <laughs> I was about to say grubby mitts, but uh, yeah, sure, grubby mitts uh, works. T- that's another dated. Yeah. Thing, but um, called uh, Tamako Market and the movie. Yeah, Tamako Market, a love story is the title of the movie. There you go. It's so wholesome. It's so. Sl- it's basically a slice of life anime that follows a girl named Tamako. And she and her family run a mochi shop that is located in a market district somewhere in Japan. Across the street lives a boy who is basically her neighborhood best friend. They've grown up together. And his family also runs a mochi shop. So and it's, it's this nice little tidy community where everyone kind of knows each other and they know each other's family histories and like all of that stuff. And that everything changes when a bird named Dara ends up you know, making his presence Flitting known. into town because he's, he's... a magical talking bird that is searching for the bride of the prince whose island he actually lives on. And not and, and that is not, that's not and that's not even a, like a really big plot. No, nope. that's just there for whimsy, I think. Yep. Uh, but see, it's something I just discovered like right now. In the shonen world, your rival is secretly like you have some weird tie to them, and that's fine. In the shoujo world, your parents are rivals. Yes. And that's how Tamako Market actually works. Yes. You see a lot of like... It's very cute. Like it really is such a simple story. And again, it's one of those stories where it's it's not so much the actual plot that matters because it's slice of life. It's basically everyday life at Tamako Market. Yeah, no, for sure. And 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 it and it's so wholesome. Yeah. Because it's just you know. It's nice though because the characters are the highlight of it. Like you you really genuinely end up loving their relationships with one another. You kind of see Tamako especially and her family struggling still with a lot of things that they're dealing with. Um, their their her mother has basically passed away and they're also still grappling with that and then there's also the future to think about and then there's her friendships to think about there's a lot of like 
it's like everyday stuff basically that you're dealing with and, and that's actually what you want from a slice of life anime anyway yep. like that's why you like watch this stuff it's because you want to know what happens to that particular thing that they did at school yep. or maybe you want to figure out like oh, they're the the, the time honored festival episode because there's oh, yes, always, there always a festival, has to be a festival episode. uh which it is really so really awesome and so fun and we'll talk a little bit more about character relationships for that one later in a bit but but the fact that the, these two uh have that again i'm huge on the osana najimi like uh Mackie's favorite trope color. it is it is the it is my i like me and my childhood best friend end up together yep. that, that that's a paraphrasing of what the what that actually means but that sure. is a but i but i've been told by a good friend of mine who who is japanese mm-hmm. uh dr k Hmm. right that that's really like that's a real subgenre like it's like oh, it's I'm not surprised. you know it's kind of like spaghetti western is a sub <laughs> is a subgenre of movies here in the US uh Osana and Jimmy is a subgenre not of not just of movies but of like storytelling in, in, in Japan, Japan yeah. where people because towns are small enough that you can't or even big enough it doesn't matter that you did grow up with somebody and that that's means something true. and that is my favorite thing um and 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 Tamako Market delivers uh nicely in that area which we will talk about in Later. a bit in a bit okay speaking of childhood friends and rivals <laughs> in the same sentence we're now going to seg into a tiny bit of me talking about my hero academia because we got two sort of special they're not really filler episodes they were considered like ova episodes yeah which crunchyroll decided yeah, I can't to stream exactly find the part of the timeline where they're in i know if i've re- if i read the manga i'll probably figure it out because i think they were actually part of that story but at least in like this st- in, in like the anime yeah like, in the anime know. it's basically an episode where aizawa is setting his students up to train for their provisional training licenses and so the- he handpicks the groups you know and of course because this is fan service it has all <laughs> of the best well all of my favorite characters anyway and when I say my favorite characters, I really just mean like Bakugo is there, Deku is there, uh, Ochako is there, you know, the usual crowd. Lida, Kirishima is there, Shoto's there, you know, the great, the ones I love best. Anyway, so we watched, I watched these fillers and I was mostly screaming during the fillers. Oh no, like, yeah, totally. <laughs> I'm very deep into my My Hero Academia fandom. Okay, I like, I love these children. <laughs> I love their teachers. I like the idea, like, you know, the discourse of, you know, what it means to be a hero how heroes are, should present themselves to society, this whole idea of, like, hero rankings. Like, all of these things are just so interesting. And the the thing I love most about My Hero as an anime in particular is that it does not do the shonen thing where it draws things out for billions and billions of episodes. Oh, God, Things yeah. get resolved it's fairly so nice. quickly. It's they, so They nice. do have a lot of... They still have the, like, one-on-one showdown. One person gets left yeah, behind. Yeah, there's going to be a flashback typical. of sorts. But yes, it's but not... it always wraps up fairly quickly. Like, I feel like within an episode, you've resolved that fight. Or whatever it is. Yeah. So anyway. Rather than its own mini season. Yeah. Just because it's So back to the filler episodes. Here's the thing. Plot-wise, it's, it's, it's nice. There's a theme there. And, and our heroes still are students who need to learn something. And they learn the thing and impress Aizawa while they're at it <laughs> during this training session. Agreed. But the real reason those episodes work so well for me personally is because it was so character-driven. And I love that. It's like you get to see... You sort of get to see how Bakugo... He's still so growly and loud and tends to, like, you know, do things first without telling anyone. But actually, uh, if you look at, like, what his end, the end result of his, you know, actions are, it's generally to help everybody else. And it's so disconcerting. Alexa loves the, the, the grump who cares. <laughs> the grump who secretly My cares. My favorite, too, is um, Kirishima is, like, the the nicest ball of sunshine and he follows Bakugo around and that's basically me so you know right because because I feel like the secret the secret ingredient is the higher the grump the more understated the care yep and it's almost in in indirect proportion to each other so like since we talk full on spoilers here Bakugo is the one who figures out how to get the electricity running again when it all turns off he is also the one who stays behind when Shoto is like I'm gonna hold this down and you know and you guys go and escape and there's only one person who stays behind and it's Bakugo and he and it's because he's already thought in his head he's like if I leave him behind the chances of that thing exploding are still pretty high so he's probably just staying behind and won't survive so I guess I'm gonna stay behind to help too and I'm just here and I'm like oh and speaking of consistent character characterization let's not forget how Deku 
is still exactly the noble person you expect him to be. Because he's like, well, if those two are going to stay behind, so will I. Well, and here's the thing, right? What what I feel like is a very compelling character arc for, for, for Bakugo, as has always been, is because he all, he's practically leaning towards villain at first glance. Yes. But the fact that they're cultivating like a heroic spirit in him in spite of his villainous like you know veneer is to me such an interesting take because he he's such a, he's mean he's, he would be a great villain to be honest right? it would be and easy he, for him but the fact that he chooses constantly to be a hero like you know all might who admire so much and because he wants to be a hero so much that's a choice he keeps making over and over again every time he decides to stay at the school. Yeah. And, and, and I'm just here and I'm like, I'm so soft for the fact that he's like, I still want to help people and also beat up bad guys. And that, because that's what being a hero means. Like to him, regardless of how his, his what his grumpy feelings Actually, are. Actually being here to him is like, I win. <laughs> I take down the bad guys and I rescue yeah, the people. Yeah. And, and, he, and he's just in his lizard brain equated people safe. I win. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, he's basically cavemanning his way rather, through life. Rather, Versus Deku who's like, the important part is that the people are you safe. Know, like, you know, like there's there's compassion and how people feel. And Bakugo's like, uh-uh. Win condition equals people safe equals me hero equals me the greatest hero. You know what's funnier? Shoto's like somewhere in the middle where he's Shoto like... Shoto doesn't care. I swear to like, God. He's I'm just powerful. He's just like, I have daddy issues, and I'm really good, yeah. and I know how this hero gig works. That's why it's funny works. that they're the big three in that show. I can't Because they're so those different three. from each other. Which, which doesn't make Shota their, their Mitsuki. They're Maybe. like, I'm just here. Yeah. I have no stake in the game. But I am pretty strong. <laughs> but he is pretty strong. Yeah. So it's going to be great. Uh, I'm still debating whether I want to actually start reading the manga, because the manga is far ahead of where the anime is. But if I do that, it'll be a whole downhill spiral, and I'll never get out. Ever. That is true. That is true. So, you know, I think we should just move on before we continue <laughs> babbling about this. I think we have a couple more animes. That's to, true. Uh, let, let, let's talk a little bit about Beyond the Boundary because I was awake for some of it until I wasn't. <laughs> so Beyond um, the Boundary is an anime that our friend Pao is the one who recommended we watch. Yes. It is a one season anime and it is about two main characters. There is a girl who basically... She's basically... She's what, like a slayer. Yeah, almost. like in, in that universe there are demons and she just happens to have the family trait of being able to unleash some kind of power to defeat demons that's a thing yes there are families that's that's their trait they we they just sort of kill yeah, demons. they it's basically just, kill demons it's just she's and you not, can actually do it for profit yeah and it's just she's not particularly good at it and she's she just doesn't like killing them as well and which which is funny because the one demon that she does try to like her you know try her blade on quote unquote is some poor kid who He's just happens demon. to be half demon and therefore can be, you know, murdered because he comes back to life a little bit. Yep. Um, and so she, and, and so the story starts out with just the two. It's with, so weird because it's like a combination of being this like epic paranormal battle between the demon slayers and someone who's trying to unleash greater demons in the world. And then on the flip side, it's, it's them just, going to school and dealing it's with. Slice of, it's the slice of life. It's, so it's like weird. you. It's like you take a show in an anime and you make it slice of life. Yeah. So basically, there's a huge part where you don't even see the big overarching like nope. demonic. Way. It's literally it's just, just them going her, to school. And it's just her murdering. Like the other yeah. dude, just the whole over time, and over, over, and over and over again. again. And he's like, "Would you stop killing and me?" And then he keeps trying to get her involved in like other friend groups he's in, specifically just... a book club that he that they put together. So it's this weird thing where you're like, so "Okay, weird. you can murder me again, but we can, but go to book club." And yeah, she's like, "Yeah, I don't, so I don't." Hot. And like, then they like go to cafes together. And then he encourages her. It's they like you know, you festival. could festival. There's a you festival can, episode. You could be a really good demon slayer if you tried. And then suddenly, out of nowhere, the plot rears its ugly head. And, and then, then I was like, "Well," and then okay, I that's fine. And then, so it's this weird amalgam of it. So it's strange, um, it's but it's cute. It's a very interesting combination. It's beautiful, by the way. The animation yeah, the added, is great. It's, it's just lovely. The, the, the Storytelling, I think, for me... The design. The design, yes, the I think, design. of the lore, the demons, the swords, everything. That's pretty like, cool. If we're just talking about the plot, I think it does really like ramp up into something exciting. And then by the end, you're super invested. But in terms of like the way the story was told, it wasn't necessarily always my cup of tea. Yeah. Because I feel like... I respond better to very direct storytelling, is what I want to say. Yeah. And, and this one kind of meanders sometimes, so you're like... Dee. So much so that it is its own thing. I don't even yeah. know what category... I, like I can't very... even categorize. It, it, it reminds me a little of um, Anonatsu. That's yeah, perfect. Like category Thank you. There. that I feel it's, like it would Yeah, where, where you have like an otherworldly um, sort of spin to the reality. Yes. Anonatsu being like, there's an alien Aliens. that just happens to be my classmate. I love Anunnaki. It's almost ridiculous, right? Not to mention the fact that but, there but are see, like but, MIB characters who are also just, my class. Which is also really, really good. But 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 the very and least, we're making a movie. But the, 
a, a home movie about like, an alien about an alien <laughs> with said alien so at least Adonatsu still sticks to the whole but this is slice of life um, Beyond the Boundary is trying to be both at the same yeah, time without confusing. without saying that it's trying to be both or yes. even maybe even trying but it's just ending up like being two things at once so it is its own thing I yeah. can't even like, I, I can't even think of like like at least that's at, the closest comp I can come up with so 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 it is something sort of worth checking out um, it's cute got yeah. cute characters it ended I like cute the characters there are some weird things in that show though it, but, it, you, it, know. you know like um and and it's just too much of too much and not enough of the two things yes i agree so there's that uh, lastly lastly um just as a just a th- as a throwaway as we end the segment i i do want a quick shout out to the promised neverland which is one of the most dystopic terrible we started like, watching it and it was not what i thought it was so like, i've been traumatized ever since right like at first it like it starts out okay it's a little orphanage and all oh, these cute little orphans and oh there's a redhead is she gonna sing tomorrow that kind of deal um and then you quickly too soon suddenly quickly too soon and suddenly yeah that's accurate right realize that they are a farm for demons and the children are food and the most recent child that was quote unquote adopted or sent away uh they found dead and ready for processing uh on grounds on frigging grounds and now the entire episode and that was episode one i think i think i and did ent- continue watching after and that because i was entire, a little too traumatized and the entire season is just them plotting their escape which they surprise managed to of course thank goodness but then but not without they're... all of the psychological drama of one of them is uh, an informant of course there's an and then there's you know what i mean and then there's like how do we know that they're gonna escape and at the eve of their escape you know the the kindly mother who uh, uh, quote unquote is in charge of the house sort of breaks the leg of the little girl just so that they really can't escape now it's it's just this it's it's the most disturbing psychological horror uh thriller that is at the very least unapologetic it's not like it's not like um, um, um made in abyss uh oh where where it's just suddenly so dark like oh my god Although that, that show was great though. that show was but great like, see that that was more enjoyable that was a little bit more okay we just got to get to the bottom and uh, literally get to the bottom of this and find <laughs> stuff out um and so for that that is a vi- so that made in abyss was a violent shift of 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 tone uh somewhere in, in, it was like halfway the through, end. Maybe? and then it sort of brings it back yes with the promise neverland oh no the tone changes violently right from the get-go and stays there <laughs> Uh, and that's your premise, yep. and it, and it's just like these crazy I just mind games. Watch it. It's just I have to be in the right mind. It's it's got it's got a hint of like battle royale where it's mm. a dystopian future, yeah, yeah. and unfortunately, unlike most shonen, it's it's not a shonen. I don't even know what to call this thing. What what the genre this uh, uh, qualifies under? But unlike the, these adventure anime, you have you at least have like a okay, we're gonna defeat the demon. No, this is just them escaping. Mm. It's literally a tiny drama that doesn't change the world, doesn't solve anything. It's just can we get out of this orphanage so they don't eat well, us? Well, maybe it gets bigger in the next season. I, I don't, don't know. know. I think there's just the one season. Mm. Um, but but that's the interesting thing to me. So so very strange. Um, but uh, but you know, for those of you who like spoilers, it, it ends pretty well. Um, but boy, the drama. Oh God, the the moral dilemmas of do we tell them? Do we not tell yes, them? Yes, of course. Uh, are they going to find out how much of our plan do we know? Um, introducing new characters and then killing them off—it's just insane. Yep, it's just nuts. So, um, so there is that. That's what we've been streaming. Uh, <laughs> that was a kind of sad note to end on. So it let's a, go into something uh, that might make us happy. Yeah, I mean, how do we even proceed from here? As far as well, I uh, think it would cheer us up to talk about ships. And ships, it is. Boy, do we love this game! It is the only reason we even wanted to podcast in the first place is because. Uh, there's always something to ship these days, mm. um, and uh, there's always in relationships that we are invested in. So uh, for this week, uh, we are playing uh, once again, uh, shipwreck or ahoy. Shipwreck or ahoy. All right, shipwreck or ahoy is where we talk about who we ship, why we ship them. Is that ship sailing? Is that ship paddleboarding? Is that ship? What kind of ship is it? What kind of ship is it? Uh, I've I've found that canoes are acceptable. Are they? Uh, <laughs> if you're desperate enough. <laughs> anyway, 
we like to talk about ships because in this household, shipping is a part of our lifestyle. That is true. There are just some relationships that we just sort of get really invested in. And it's not just romantic, mind you. Could there be are, friendships. There are, there, are some, there are some ships that we ship so hard from a friendship perspective. A rival from ship? A ri- oh, boy. That's a, that's new, a new one. That's a fun new topic of conversation. Rival, rival I actually ships. have a rival ship, but that, you know we're not going to talk about that this particular not episode. Not for this particular time. Uh, this but, particular episode is going to be... Well, one of them is a friendship, or at least it started out as a friendship. It might have become something more. It will one hundred percent become something. Well, that's we, true. we already we talked really, about it, really. And earlier. we haven't, and, and we haven't really like there is apart from the movie, there wasn't really any any indication nope. that it became anything else other than this the because you can confess stuff to each other, but it then, doesn't mean you'll end up together. That though. is true. And we're so, talking specifically about uh, Tamako, Tamako and, and Mochi. Mochi, who are the two characters in Tamako uh, Tamako, Tamako Market. Market. So, like we said earlier, they basically are the same age. They grew up together. They're next door. Well, they're, they're not they're, next door. They're across the street. They're from across the street from. But here's here's the cute part, right? Like next door neighbors, they ha- this is what got to me, right? So again, this is also not a Jimmy. Wait, kind wait, of piece. don't forget. Their parents run rival mochi. Run shops. rival mochi shops. So, so, so just on this. So, so think about it this way. Um, they have a little like, uh, uh like. The cup. Paper cup yeah. and string like, like communication a, that, thing. That manual telephone. Where she thing. never catches it, which is by the way a huge, huge part of the lore. She never catches this thing. He tosses it over the railing. And it always like hits her. Not the head railing, but it like, hits her head. And she just misses never her catches it. So it's just dumb, right? Like, and, and that's the trope. And and it's it that 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 paper string cup thing is practically the summary of their entire relationship because she just doesn't Pretty get much. that Mochi loves him. Her. She doesn't get that Mochi loves her. <laughs> And um, and meanwhile, all of us are like, all of us are like, oh my god! So talk about the slowest, burniest, slow burniest. Oh my thing. god! Can I just say it was like suffering the entire season because you were just like, <laughs> please, please realize it. Even like everyone around them knows. No, totally, totally. And meanwhile, she's like, slow burning. Nothing. Um. Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> nothing occurs. Granted, she does have some other concerns in life, so, you know. Although, slow Bernie sounds like, you go to the store with slow Bernie, he's gonna hook you up. It's gonna be fine. <laughs> like, it almost feels like, I don't know, that just came up in my head. But, no, because it, it like, and, and I'm gonna dub every single person who doesn't get, uh, so here's the thing. If you don't get that the person we ship you with likes you, it is a slow burn story, and I will now call you slow Bernie. So, slow Bernie, uh. I can't, I can't. Tamaka Slow Bernie, whatever her last name is. That's that's her thing now. Um, and it's cute. And that's how many episodes was it? Like 20 episodes? No, no, no. 12. 12. 12? It was 12? literally 12 okay. episodes. It still felt like so refreshing. The time. But because the burn was so slow, it was it 12 was so, episodes of. And so slow. It's 12 episodes and Mochi's entire life. <laughs> <laughs> that's accurate, actually. It's 12 episodes of Mochi's entire You're life not and that wrong. tiny movie. And that, and that one movie where I think, was it because he ends up moving away? Like, he sort of does. And he's like, I'm going to go to another high school or some such. Um, so he and, and they're like and she finally confesses to him on the train and it is the cutest so cute cutest thing it's one of the purest things that we found not quite as heart wrenching as as the, any, any Sakura and Sharon like moment but it is in the same oh, that's a whole other but it is in the same yeah it's actually in the same like same universe of pure center. I want to say <laughs> yes like there's just a purity to it that so you're just cute, like though. I'm sorry the the confession scene was like oh you know and why not cutest. confess at a train right when she when when the person can't hear you the first time I mean you know <laughs> so that's, yeah, that was that's cute. logical so so we do so we do recommend Tamako Market if you really like cute slow burn slice of life sure anime because i think it's this is so what... feel good actually it's yeah, like if you want yeah. something that'll just be like in spite of all this relationship stress for me personally i mean otherwise it's just cute right and and i don't know how how the, how the japanese um specifically you know deal with spoilers because a lot of their stuff is spoilery just by nature like you look at any uh, anime openings opening and you're like that's the so plot of the spoilery. entire like season or or even the next episode it's like dude you just gave away the cool you know like you just gave away the cool thing that's happening next week so me i don't know if it's part of the culture that it's more the journey than it is the destination maybe but i do know for sure so that's i'm not sure about that but i do know for sure that for tamako market just to just to you know even if you know what's gonna happen it's still worth sort of like seeing because 
I think so too. Stories, and, and you know that with romance novels. I mean, like we that low key, that is what romance, like especially chiclet. It's not a romance because it didn't end with a happily ever after. Lol. But 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 uh, yes. But what I'm saying is that you know what you're in for. There is a formula to it that is time honored, and it's the execution that you read it for rather because you you know uh, unless it's not that kind of romance novel. Mm-hmm. True. Um, true. No, so, it's a love story, not a romance. Novel. There you go. It's a love DJ story. and I always talk about that. There you go. Thank you for the distinction. Yes, it is a love story. There is something about love stories that is, uh, you know, like you know what you're in it for. Um, it's just how you get there that is really the experience. Yeah. And yeah. that's why Absolutely it's such agree. an acquired taste. On that note, and and as a as a segue into what we are going to be heavily talking about for featured fandoms. Uh, for our featured fandoms. Uh, let's talk. Let's talk some heavy shipping here. Let's uh, let, let let's talk Keeper of the Lost Cities. Oh my goodness. Okay, so we've talked about Keeper of the Lost Cities quite a lot on this podcast. And you're gonna get say. more. And from here on out, it's just spoiler city. Like I'm not gonna say too much because we do plan on doing a bookish breakdown episode. That's right. Focused the... on the book that the most recently released book. So for those of you who have stuck around for our Chain of Gold episode, we enjoyed that more than probably all of you put together. So we're doing that again, but this time for other books. Yes, so, so we're doing it so for this the is eighth a, book. Yeah, we're legacy. doing it for the eighth book of the, of the of the Keeper of the Lost City series. So this is a soft uh, ad, uh, ad placement for that, a shameless plug that in a couple of, probably the next uh, one after this, yeah. you are going to get a bookish breakdown of Keeper of the Lost City's legacy. legacy. Okay. So, if we're going to talk keeperships, we all know, like, from earlier podcasts, you guys know that I love Keith and Sophie, and I think they would be great together. And the last three books have not convinced me otherwise. In fact, they have only <laughs> added more evidence, in my mind, to the fact that those two actually would be a, a great better match. pair. Yeah. Yes. So, again... Like, I, again, free will. Everyone can make their own choices. So, you know, whatever. And, and here's here's what I've been waiting for after all of the times that I've talked about Keeper on this podcast and Alexa had, at the time had not caught up. Yes. Okay. This entire time, I kept saying thank you, know, congratulations to the victors because at this point in time, literally up to this point... Everybody thought it was going to be the key. As uh, the sorry, the it was going to be the Sophian, the Sophian Fitch show. And you know what? If that's your ship, bless you. You have every right to love that ship. It is love at first, whatever that was. Sight, I guess. First uh, connection. First connection. First telepathic they're, message. They're, <laughs> they're cognates, which I swear makes you want to take a shower every time they say that. But um, and that's fine because that is legitimate. Like you yeah. know, just because we, I mean, I could see why people would want her. To yeah, and, ju- and and here's the thing, right? Just because somebody doesn't like a ship doesn't invalidate it. No, absolutely not. If any, you are allowed to ship you whatever ship you like, whatever, like there's a Sasori and Sakura ship out there with a fan fiction uh, oh, uh, yeah, to match. Sure. So you know what? Free world imagination. Ship let's not rain on each whatever you like. Right? It's just uh, my Alexa. My Unfortunately, of, this household is pro Keith and I'm, Sophie so well, because there's so many compelling things that we believe would make for healthier relationships yes if Keith and Sophie it's, actually it, it ended just, up they together. just have a good foundation for a relationship that could last yes and granted they're all teenagers and they're elves so they'll live for a very long time so you know <laughs> it, it could take a while before they realize who they're really gonna be with but for me like especially with the last three books with Nightfall flashback and legacy like i'm just like this book just keeps giving me more evidence that they would make more sense together my personal belief and the best part is it's not really being pushed in the book oh no it's not, it's not a heavy at all no, like it in, has in nothing fact, to do with it in, in fact keith is heavily pushing for sophie and fitz yeah because he's such a great guy Christ um he's a jackass but he's a great Team guy forever. He's, a, he's a good guy when it counts. he's a good guy when it counts yeah. and when it doesn't oh he's just do whatever the hell he yes. wants and that's always enjoyable and and that's the and that's the best thing so so i it's my personal belief that a healthy relationship is founded on boundaries and and honesty and not forcing people to be yeah. anything else other than what and who they are yes and, also and forgiving taking each other. them for it and giving each other space yeah forgiving each other too and forgiving each other and 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 that's it and and if one of you or both of you are impetu- are petulant and impetuous and all of the other etuous is i don't think that's a great 
yeah, starting point. It's not a point. great starting point. It could turn out to be something beautiful if you get over Maybe it. Maybe they'll both grow out of it Yeah, together. and as elves, you live for hundreds of years unless so, you know, somebody dies in this story, in which case, oh my knows? God, we don't know. But the idea is, the idea is Sophie and, uh, and, and Keith are our particular ship. Yes. If you ship other people with Sophie, that's totally fine yeah, too. Yeah, totally fine. Um, the only Do thing what you that, want. The only thing that Alexa and I really have problems with is if people are mean to the author because they don't like what happened. I mean, it at the end of the day she's the one who gave us this, yeah, this world and these characters and, and, and she knows how it's gonna and end. you can be objective about how you don't you know you yeah can be i objective mean i don't have how... to like it if it's not the shit yeah, that i want and that's fine too but just don't just don't be mean to the author we've seen yeah oh well, i've Please seen don't i i but and, and you see this on twitter because twitter is what it is a lot of mangakas are, are are driven off of twitter just because they're just mean fans yeah. that say People we don't like how you ended it to relax and to realize that the people who created these stories, they also have their own idea of what makes the most sense to their character. Yeah, and whether or not you agree, you can definitely disagree. Like you're, you don't have to agree. If you you don't, don't even have to. to like the actual authors and their personal and stuff. And like go on and ship things in your shipper world because that's what I do. That's true, and that's what fan fiction is for. Yep. Like I, like I love canon. I've been, I've been, I've, that has not been a secret of mine. But I support fan fiction so Meanwhile, much. Meanwhile, I live in fan fiction. Meanwhile, Alexa lives part. there, so it's it's. There are totally very fun. few exceptions to that rule. But anyway. I will say there are two other ships that I can think of in the Keeper book, but we're going to save that for the bookish breakdown because it makes the most sense to talk about them there. So if you are curious, you wait on, definitely wait on that episode. Hang on to your mitts. Hang on to your alicorns. <laughs> hang on to your... Hang on to your oh, well, I was going to say cognate rings, but I don't like that. Mm. Hang on to your sketchbooks. How hang on that? to your sketchbooks. I have a lot oh, of feelings. Okay. That is true, a lot of feelings. So that but is anyway, good. so yes, that, that we are still very much a Keith and Sophie household. Yes, yes, we are. Um, on that note, I will want to uh, I will want to use this as a jumping point uh, to segue into uh, our featured fandom, which is uh, Keeper of the Lost Cities. We can now finally talk about it. Uh, and so, without further ado, featured fandom. Featured fandom. Featured fandom. Featured fandom, where we talk about the things that we 100% have been nerding out or geeking out over uh, profusely. I think it has been a very emotional time for Alexa to finally catch up <laughs> on all of the books that I had sort of just recently read. Man, I did Keeper such a good Cities. job catching up. Um, what's interesting is that, you know, for those of you who don't know, we were fortunate enough to just get this whole lot of Keeper books in the mail. Yes. Um, so We worked with uh, Simon & Schuster. Yeah, so many thanks to Simon & Schuster for that. And it came as an, an innocuous package. It was not on anybody's radar. Nope. Um, it came with some awesome art, which we should revisit, by the way, because now that we know who the heck these guys are. Oh, my god. Because uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure Ooh, that we i feel like we'd have more feelings. right because we hauled this like ages and ages and ages ago and i was magnificently the one who picked it up interestingly if it wasn't alexa i love that you were the one who picked right it, it should, like it would think you would amazing. think that it was sort of you and then it just sort of was a hole that i kind of dropped into and then when i finally finished I like all, how you're like it's a hole i dropped into. right and and, to, and i finally finished all the way up to uh, i want to say flashback which is the last book that we got sure. raring like so angry because that was the, that was the the book that i just wasn't the happiest with and most people weren't and then suddenly legacy drops and i am just like you know what you sure know what we're gonna were reading flashback and so it makes upset. me laugh we're gonna save we're gonna save like the finer points of what happened in legacy in our bookish breakdown of legacy but overall now that we all know what what's out now that we know that spoilers are gonna abound everybody like that's what we do here this is the break room for alexa loves books um always a spoiler you know the keeper of the lost cities is one of the best um you know examples i want to say of of you know let's have a world and let's make it start like let's like let it grow more and more as 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 it mm -hmm. goes by and um and let's put some compelling characters and let's make it more about that than anything else and that's what happened i think we've always said this on the on the podcast on the channel everywhere really it's always impressive because it's eight books in and shannon messenger still manages to do things that surprise us but also fit in perfectly with the setup she already has going and i think the further the series goes on like sure there are still things that i wish happened a little more but i feel like it improves with every book as well like for example i was saying about flashback that i was hopeful that there would be more time with secondary characters yeah and what did i get in legacy more time, more with, time secondary with secondary characters. characters it's just fascinating really and, uh, and here's the thing i just know that she has built this entire thing in her head because she already knows how it's gonna end you know what yeah that it, it does see it just feels like it do you not get that vibe too no 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 i 100 get that vibe because there's so many things that happen that are so pivotal and so well built and even seated is what i want to use the word yes. for like 
there's something that happens in Legacy, which again, I'm not, I'm we can, not we trying can, to like talk about it all yeah, the time because I'm saving but, this for book. But it is an again, important plot point. There are a lot of things that happen in Legacy where it's like they were they were sort of alluded to, and then they just happened in Legacy. And you're which like, is Whoa. which is great. Any any particular one that comes to mind that you want to? No, because I really want to save it. For okay, Bookish fine. Breakdown. We're gonna save it for Bookish Breakdown. But um, but I will say that um, what what makes Keeper of the Lost Cities, something that it would show up on. Well, I, it showed up on my 2019 best yes, reads of whatever. It did. Um, and Legacy came out this year, yes? No, last year. No, last year, yeah. Um, because the way she was able to tie the lore, and we'll talk about this more uh, next, next, next week, tie the lore to the character's personal development. Mm. Tie the lore to the characters. Yes, like there's yes. so few there's so few stories out there that marry those two things. Because you can have some really awesome kick ass lore, but then the way the character develops is just like it's my own thing, I'll just be brave or I'll just learn That's how true. to find courage. But here, you know, the weight that is on Sophie's shoulders as, you know, like the new mutant experiment that will save them all, mm. right? Um tied new to... mutant experiment. Well, I mean you you're know, not wrong. Right? It's just but, funny. But but the fact that, you know, in spite of that, in spite of that, mm. the world that that she lives in and this, you know, the new position that she has been placed in, you know, basically has a long legacy of uh, of behind. I really it. enjoyed that you just went there. No, but but I, but I guess that's exactly why it's aptly titled. It's she's she's taking on the mantle of something that has nothing to do with her. Like she just happens to have powers. That's true. But because of the way the world is put together in 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 in, in this universe. And, and what role she has to play amongst the, you know, the kinds of light and energy and power and stars and suns and moons. Um, she's like, yeah, you just have powers, but this is what you're part of. Like this is that. who we are. That's smart. Um, and that's something that was built throughout the entirety of, of, of the stories uh, about coming into the elven society and having like this strict hierarchy and this strict kind of, you know, like uh, balance between all the other races. Yeah. And to say that this is why the elves you know kind of call the shots is because we're the ones who can control this mm. we're the ones who have this and it's not and you just happen to have a lot of it powers wise but the 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 mantle of responsibility sort of falls to us it does and it's great and it's beautiful and that's what i love about keeper to be honest i just feel like you basically summed up the best things about keeper well you can talk about how awesome the characters are because i think you <laughs> how love did them. you know that was exactly because what i, I think, would have wanted to be, say because i think you love them a little bit more than i do <laughs> Well, the only reason you think that is because every time anyone even breathes, <laughs> with the exception of Fitzbacker, with like, the exception of Fitzbacker, anyone in that story breathes or does something or says something, I will literally exists. drop the book and be like, oh did God, you remember so that awesome. part? This or did so you hear cool. that quote? I think it's just great because even if you don't get a lot of time with characters outside of Sophie, Fitz, Keith, you know, the main players, like... It's funny because their personalities come across so strongly, and I just love them for it. I think they're a great bunch, whether I'm talking about the actual kids, the actual teens, or I'm talking about the parents. Was was the Legacy adults. was Legacy where the one where they resolved the 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 the, the Sophie and um, uh, Dex uh, piece? No, no, no. It wasn't right. Back. Well. There, so so that was a while back. Yeah, but, and but, I like I like Sophie's relationships and how they keep changing with these characters with every book. Like, it's not as simple as oh, I have accepted. For example, she's accepted um, Grady and Adeline and as her, like, her step adoptive parents. Yeah. Like, it's not as simple as them always agreeing on everything all the time. Or yeah. you know, like you get to see that bond tested over and over again. Or I don't know, her relationship with Morella. Oh boy, that's a good example. Oh boy, yeah. Uh, her relationship with even Fitz or Keith, like it, it, it's constantly changing with how these characters are constantly changing, and I really enjoy that. So, character work wise, I think while she does focus primarily on the bigger characters that are involved in the main storylines, I think that Shannon Messenger also does a good job, you know, giving you secondary characters who are also changing, who are also sort of growing up and becoming their own people dex is actually the best example of this oh my gosh dex is he he does become dex is a, thing. a main part of the storyline again in in legacy but for a few books he was pretty much sidelined like he was there and he was doing things but it was all like out off the page for the most part which i think is one of the most interesting things that shannon messenger has sort of mastered is that she's able to make things happen off the page or off camera, and they don't feel and like they don't feel inorganic or inauthentic. Inor but, but the but the few tidbits that she slides 
just make your brain explode with oh my god does that mean then this and then your brain runs kind of wild and yep. then it's confirmed that you were right about what you assumed oh gosh, a couple yeah. of books later yep. so it's just I'm like what is going on here what is just happening so we're going to talk more about that you know some other time to, to sort of whet the appetite but suffice to say that again as we talked about in the last sort of like when we were talking about Avatar The Last Airbender though I feel though I don't feel the same way about Keeper it does tick off a lot of the boxes too. Yes, it's got, absolutely. It's got the great lore, great ensemble, great cast. ensemble cast, interesting plots, interesting plots. Right. Um, I'm not too happy about how some of it meandered in some places, but then again, there's a particular just, book that that happens in. But but those are just I felt. But I'll be the first one to defend. We're like we had to go to that place. Like yeah. there was no like there's only so few places that I felt like they didn't have to go, mm-hmm. and I don't even remember them, which means they're not that glaring. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But the trash fire. <laughs> of a book we want to call um, uh, Flashback uh, just... Okay, it wasn't that much of a trash fire. Well, to me it was. Like, <laughs> like it just hadn't... <laughs> to be fair, it wasn't... There but... was an aspect of the plot that I also did not particularly enjoy. Yeah. But see, that's the thing. Just because you don't... Like, we didn't enjoy it doesn't mean that I can't recognize that it wasn't necessary. No, we had to go to mm. those places. Those We had to stay, literally stay in that hospital bed for, like, weeks or days or however many ways that was just because uh, lord and so and and that's and that's its own thing so so um great series uh great juggling of characters uh can't say enough good things about it actually Um, on that note speaking of great series um i do want to give a very very fun shout out to my featured fandom although technically this is our like it's our fandom yes um but it's something that i share also with alexa but again i'm going a little bit ahead yeah but I finally was able to get a copy of the Fushigyugi Byakusenki, mm-hmm. and which is um, for those of you who love Fushigyugi, holler at us because that was one of the most life-defining oh, anime. I love that anime. And I get it, right? Like I like I have some friends that I sort of grew up with where they were like, "Oh my God, where are the robots? This is terrible! Look at all this drama!" And I get it. I do. It's over dramatic. There was a huge era in my life where I'm just like, I am not watching that again. That was just way too much like melodrama. But the idea of, you know, the whole before Isekai was a thing, mm-hmm. right? Like the whole magical girl gets transported to another world. Alexa loves her a good portal story. So hey, man, Fushigyugi, portal stories are great. So Fushigyugi is a fandom that is standard and awesome and and and, and is a thing uh in, in our lives. But the fact that they were able to dig into the backstories of the previous priestesses the magical girls that that came over from our earth into the into the the world of the four gods sky and earth um is just lovely to me so fushigyugi as we know it starts off with miyaka and eventually her friend yui who get spirited off into the book and awaken sort of like rival gods uh in that particular from rival kingdoms putting their friendship to the test forever she finds love all that good stuff huge sprawling arc they had to go explore the pasts of the previous girls who were transported there before them Mm. each at different times because they lost the means to summon their specific god and the other girls didn't need all seven of the uh the the warriors they just needed like a little kind of talisman right and so that part of the fushigui arc was to find those talismans and so great allusions to the previous um uh magical girls Eventually, Iwatase writes about the, uh, the the first priestess to ever cross over Genbu, uh, for uh, the, the Genbu no Mika. Ooh, that though. Was so good, though. And that was great. Twelve manga. It's on my shelf. I'm still it, bitter it, about Alexa's... the fact that Maggie left me on my own to <laughs> deal with all of that by I myself. Was, I was on a flight, and the flood of texts that I got the minute like the flight was over, and just all caps screaming. So it was great, right? So, so that was fine. And so that was good, and it, I wasn't really too invested in the Genbu no Miko because the only time we ever hear about this this priestess that came mm. in the 18th century, I want to say, during her time, was that you know we she just had a couple of her warriors uh, and their spirits left to guard that talisman, and interacted with our current hero uh, heroine, who is now the one trying to awaken her god Suzaku, and that was mm-hmm. that was fo- that was cool. What I did love in the Fushigiri series was um, when they went to the other sort of kingdom to where the god Byako was uh, was summoned, and they actually found living, uh, you know, living star warriors that had outlived the priestess's time, mm. and one of them, uh, in particular, was of interest to her because he had you know fallen in love 
with the, with with the Byaku no Miko, the priestess, which is forbidden, and is currently Miyaka's problem because she'd fallen in love with her star warrior, and it's and it's a casual. forbidden thing. So when I and 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 to see this love sort of play out, and in the real world, the brother had to visit like you know the the dying old lady mm. who used to be the Byaku no Miko because they found out she was alive. That pain though. And just my God, and so seeing this entire arc, I'm like. Holy crap! This is my favorite ship, pretty much of almost all time at that time, and to this day is one of the biggest ships that I sort of love. Cut to cut to, and so that that arc ends. It's beautiful, love lasts. Heartbreaking, you know. Heartbreaking as it is. Cut to a few uh, weeks, months ago. Uh, no, cut to a couple of years ago when I found out that Yuwatase was riding the Biako uh, Senki. And who I was wants like, to take what? bets on who lost his mind? Oh my god! So just completely, I would lose that bet um, because I would bet against me. Uh, and until I lose, and so and so, just recently, Viz sort of came out with like the first volume, which shoots me in the foot because like when's volume two coming out of the the Biako uh, yeah. of the Biako Senki? So it's it stars um, Suzuno. No, was that Suzuno? Yeah, Suzuno, Suzuno, yeah, because because uh, uh, Takiko was the was the Genbu no Miko. Yeah, so oh, it's yeah. so it's totally Suzuno. And she does travel to the world. But then she meets, and something I totally forgot, right? Because you don't know, in this world, you don't know that you're one of the star warriors until, you know, until your power activates. Sure. And even then, the only time you're ever called by your constellation name is when your priestess sort of, like, begins to call you that. Um, but it's you, but you, you're not named, like, the constellation. You don't know that. So, so when, when, uh, so, I, and I told this Alexa as a mild spoiler, Susano comes into this world. She meets a couple of dudes that look suspiciously like some of the Star Wars. And I don't know which one's which. And there's this weird-ass triangle that maybe could and couldn't happen. And I'm like, but who's who, basically? And You're it's like, killing me. It is murdering me because, I, you know, in all this time, I did not realize what Tatara's real name is. I have no idea. And in the book, it's just like, we don't know who, like, it's just a couple of dudes. So I don't know which one he is and I don't know which one she's sort of crushing on and who likes her back so it's this whole murderous torturous thing which I am back in Yuvatasa's clutches once again and I would, um, I would feel more smug about this but also I know I will eventually she's, get there she's you're gonna suffer just like I do maybe even more okay, you're gonna suffer <laughs> the pleasure that you just took in telling me I would suffer well only this, the pleasure is not so much in your suffering as it is that I am not alone uh, when I do this sure okay so on that note, on that note, we do uh, we do want to end sort of uh, like the you know this this particular episode with the, the tidings of more Fushigiyugi to come in the future. Um, it For is sure. uh, it is poignant because one of the things that Yuatas's mother had mentioned before it sort of passing away is that you know she wouldn't be able to read the rest of it, so which sad. is ah uh, so sad. And Side note. I it, hope you will write more stories that I can read before you pass away. That is true. I will. I will one hundred percent write more things that I that 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 you will read. Do you like? Um, you guys like how I slipped that in there? As if it was nothing. <laughs> no, I do have to get back uh, to my writing. So work has been terrible, and hence the hiatus. So yes, but anyway. That that on said, that note, there will definitely be more Fushigiyuki. More Fushigiyuki coming. More Keeper of the Lost Cities coming for next Gosh. week because we're gonna have our bookish breakdown air uh another another spoilery follow-up uh you have another bookish breakdown coming up to nobody's surprise of the lost book of the white so that is coming we never saw that coming that is that is down the pipeline there's gonna be a fun story about that we will talk about it we've been quiet about shadow hunters this entire time until right now just to let you know that there will be another bookish breakdown probably the second to the last one of the, the the season even before we go on full uh, season, full, season full season break and it's now like you know it it, it, it it's not going to be the season finale i want to no, say we'll probably so. save we'll, uh, we're, we're thinking of saving something special for the season finale of, of fandom buzz season one uh so uh do look out for that but for now more keeper of the lost cities coming up definitely lost book of the white uh, by uh, cassandra player set in the shadow hunters world with um alec and magnus and uh and yeah so until then we, we hope, hope you, you enjoy the, the buzz. buzz. Hey, thanks for listening. Tune in next week for another episode of Fandom Buzz. You can also find us talking about our recent reads and our book hauls on youtube.com slash books and find all of Alexa's book reviews on alexalovesbooks.com.